got a marvelous vibe, and I know it starts from inside. So fill your heart with pride and let your light shine brightly. Yo, don't hide. You're a work of art, unforgettable and off the charts. Welcome to a podcast dedicated to your mental health. I'm Bailey with the Recording Library of West Texas. Hi, I'm Christy Edwards. I'm the Executive Director and a Therapist at Centers for Children and Families. Hi, I'm Melanie Size. I'm the Marketing and Development Director at Centers for Children and Families. Together, we're bringing you tips and tricks on how to navigate this thing called life. This is Center Solutions. Due to the nature of some of the topics that are discussed, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Center Solutions COVID Edition. Um, we are now embarking upon a new chapter where we are coming out of quarantine. So that will be the topic of discussion today. And we have a special guest, Elaine Bedell, uh, Executive Director of Healthy Minds, here to join us in this conversation. So welcome, Elaine. Thank you. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. So we're all um, we're all coming out of this very strange space, half asleep. That's for sure. And, you know, we're in pajamas, but <laughs> we are. But we're we're ready to to move forward. So we're here to speak about the mental health connection to all of to this new world that we're we're coming into. Everything's a new world. It was a new world. Now it's a new world again. So, um, Elena, do you want to give us a little synopsis of what Healthy Minds is? Oh, sure. That'd be great. Thank you. Uh, Healthy Minds is an organization that really works uh, for three main things, and we work through collaboration. So we want to be basically the glue between the behavioral health community to help people come together for access to care. So we want people to have the ability to access appropriate and timely behavioral health services. And we also want to provide public awareness and education. As you know, that there's still quite a bit of stigma around behavioral health issues and we want to help dissolve that stigma and encourage people to find help and get the treatment that they need. And then the other thing that we do is we want to help our providers to have the ability to continue with educational resources and other things that they may need uh, to help have that support to collectively just build a really strong structure in our behavioral health community for everyone to have a happier, healthier life. And May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so that's uh, a big part of the conversation today. Christy, would you like to lead us in some of this conversation, how we're coming out of this isolation period, what this is going to look like? I think all of us working together, we're trying to keep mental health awareness out there 12 months of the year, not just May, but May is a big push. So one of the things that I think is going to be difficult for us all when we're coming out of the quarantine and how it's all going to affect us is, um, you know, we've had that, the monotony, we've had the impact of the isolation, which is the monotony. It's kind of like the Groundhog Day effect. If any of you have seen that movie with Bill Murray, waking up. Over and over and over and over, and it's just the same thing, you know, same meals, same people, things like that, you know. And, um, you know, whenever Elaine joined, she was talking about 
Uh, you know, I didn't know what to do over the holidays, so I just went to work. You know, didn't know what it was, didn't know if the sun was up, didn't know if it was Sunday. So, you know, it's another, um, example is losing sense of time and dates and, you know, maybe feeling a little bit of a lack of purpose and unable to find your motivation. So those are just hard things that we've all, and we, every time we're together, we talk about that. What day is it? What time is it? <laughs> When it's such it? a joke, but it's serious on some <laughs> level. I mean, really, there are times I've never really had to pay more attention in the calendar. I've joked that it's kind of like we're, we have, we have, we've been sentenced to this time at home and we got to cross those days off <laughs> so we know when, Absolutely. what day we're in. We, we start our day off here as like today is Tuesday. <laughs> and we have to talk about it multiple times a day. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times it's been Thursday. And I really thought it was Friday. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It is hard. Um, okay. So then you've got not only the monotony, but you've got the loneliness. You know, we all have the desire for human connection. I mean, that goes way back. Um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs many years ago that says once your safety needs are met, there's a sense of belonging that's, you know, uh, innate in human beings. Mm-hmm. And if I mean, if you have your people that are in your home, that's one thing. But if you don't have uh, a family or, you know, even neighbors that you can shout out to, mm-hmm. then that loneliness it is like um, Tom Hanks in Castaway <laughs> at his volleyball named Wilson and how devastating that was for him whenever he lost it, right? Mm-hmm. Because that was his only connection, even though it was not even a, you know, human connection. But it is part of, we want to belong. We want to be able, that we want to know that people care that, that we are alive and that we're up and moving around, right? So, you know, part of that is also you're missing your family members outside of your household, um, I shared with you guys at the beginning that uh, we finally got the go-ahead to go see our six-month-old grandson this weekend. Yes. We had to wait. We had to wait for the pediatrician to give the thumbs up because you know we certainly didn't want to do anything that would be against what um, he recommended. But that was very difficult because it was almost four months since we had seen him. So I know how that felt. Well, and they changed so fast. And they changed so fast. Yes. Last time I saw him, he was a little lump that I could love on, and now he's sitting up, rolling over, and <laughs> he's got personality now. <laughs> so you know, after all, after the monotony and the loneliness, you still were experiencing fear. You know, it's it's is this going to end? What do I need that I don't have, and can I get it? Which right. you know, leads to the panic buying of food, and you know, being afraid of. Okay, if I, if I go into Albertsons, am I going to buy food that I need? Am I going to catch something? And then on top of that, we've got to worry about job security, you know, with the mm-hmm. stock market down, the you know, price of oil down, up, down, up, whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, the oil field service companies and major companies laying people off, you do have to worry about that. You know, and then finally, you have to worry about, you know, is it is it going to be the same? And do I want it to be the same? And so there's a lot of things, you know, just those things that are going in people's minds. So, Elaine, have you heard anything from uh, talking to other organizations throughout the community about what some of the uh, common fears, common concerns are about transitioning back or just just throughout this experience, what people are discussing? Yeah, I think that there's been the main thing and. Again, our, our region is unique all the time, you know, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes not. And right now, yes, just like the rest of the nation, you know, you have the fear of am I going to catch this, you know, COVID-19 or and how will it affect me? But also 
the kind of double whammy of the oil prices and mm-hmm. being affected. And so what I hear a lot of and what I'm talking to a lot of HR directors about is their concerns are when we do a uh, large layoff or a large furlough or, you know, the what they get people come back, you know, and say to them, you know, I can't make my house payment. I can't do this. Or, you know, the fear, the anxiety, the depression, you know, and they're really concerned uh, about the uptick in suicide. It's what I get a lot of you know, people calling and asking, what should I do? What resources should I give? And, and that's something that it's very real. And, of course, the suicide resources here, you know, in our community, we have them listed on our website for Healthy Minds for people to at least know kind of where to go and how to get plugged into those, you know, have that access. Um, but it's something that it is very scary. And it's scary not just if it's happening to you, but also how do you respond to it? How do you help people? And so that's another side as well as um, another part of the anxiety is I want to help people and I don't know how. I think mm-hmm. some of it too, it's, we've talked about this before. Um, with this whole scenario, we've watched some things play out and it seems like there's been an evolution of the way that we have behaved. And I guess mostly from social media, cause that's how we're staying connected. And maybe in the beginning, there was a lot more fear and then there was some, it, it's almost like the stages of grief, wouldn't you say, Christy? Uh, the stages of uh, the pandemic. <laughs> yep. Cause I'd agree. Uh, there's a. It, it seemed like there was a collective thought of of going through the fear experiencing, and that we're just kind of all in it, cooking together. We're doing these these things to cope with those fears, mm-hmm. and so now I think there are different mindsets coming out in terms of whether or not you know we, we are in fear or we're not in fear. But no matter what, it is a transition because we've we've had kind of a long break mm-hmm. from the norm. So um, I think there's there are some ways to find comfort in transitioning back. And some of that has to do with a, a plan for our safety. Yeah, I mean, so. to me, it's like every time that you can equip or in any way that you can equip yes. people um, to feel like they are empowered to do something about it instead of being a victim or that it's inevitable that something's going to go wrong, that that moves us forward. The preparedness, there's a, there's a factor of, uh, of relieving anxiety and feeling that you have some preparedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that's one of the things that people, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to expect or how we're going to return to work or how kids are going to go to school so that, that not knowing you know, definitely does impact your ability to, to get a plan. But I do think that kind of like what you're saying is that people can make their own plans, you know, of how I'm going to structure my day or that kind of thing that can then reach and kind of fill that space of having plans. Definitely. Yeah. I know that's important to me. Mm-hmm. So there's, um, there's some safety precautions. We've got, uh, some advice based on, on, the normal safety precautions and a lot of this information you can get from the CDC website, but then following that is our mental health and well-being precautions. So obviously practice healthy hygiene, wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. I mean, I think that's been ingrained into our brains, right? I don't know about you guys, but I've never been more aware of my, I mean, my hands have aged like 10 years for sure. <laughs> right. 
just it's uh, it's constant. You know, the hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. If only we had known, you know, years ago how important <laughs> that would be. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, don't touch your face. Um, clean and disinfect. Frequently touch objects, services, keyboards, phones, handrails, doorknobs. Stay home if you're sick. Inform your supervisor if you have a sick family member. And avoid using other employees' phones, uh, desks, office items, equipment. It's it's different. It's kind of I feel like almost we're playing pinball a little bit. We're we're just trying to be very careful of the things that we touch, and and you know we're a little bit more. Uh, there's a an awareness of our physical now that maybe we just didn't you know pay attention to before. Right. Yeah. So, but with that comes our mental health, and once we've got all of that, once we've done everything we can physically do. do Mental health and well-being transitions. And I think if you, Bailey and Christy, if you guys can remember, I mean, look back, some of our, this reminded me a lot of the not getting unstuck because it, it was, it's similar. So, um, Elaine, we had a podcast about when you're feeling stuck in life. And this is kind of, this was a quicksand that is, we were all in together. It's not the same as just being in your own personal rut, but it kind of is like a rut, wouldn't you guys say? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, definitely, definitely, it's a, we're, we're all in this stuck space. So, uh, yeah. even though there was nothing we could really do to move out of it, now that we are moving out of it, I think, uh, it's good to have a, a few, um, I don't know, uh, coping mechanisms and ideas on how to go forward. It's called how to unstuck yourself or something like that. Yes. So it's just like whenever we were talking about all that, you have to set a goal. You have to be able to convince yourself that you can set a goal because a lot of times it's like, well, it's not the time for that because nobody's told us we can we can unstuck ourselves. So, but, but that time is coming and is slowly opening up. So it's like set set goals for, you know, your transition. Make an effort toward creating it, creating a new routine to create motivation, which means, um, you know, I can get out. I can go for a walk in my neighborhood. I can do some things with masks. Once again, we're not pushing anybody to do anything they're not comfortable with. We're saying as the world opens up to us and you are getting ready to do that, you get to do it at your own speed or your whatever your employer needs or your family needs are. Right. So. Um, you know, you've got to make rest a priority. Make an evening appointment with yourself to begin doing things that will help you achieve better rest, giving you something to look forward to. Because we all know night and day is run together. Sometimes we're up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning watching a movie because we're sleeping in. So uh-huh. it's important that we're doing, you know, establishing those bedtimes. Um, you know, create a comfortable space to sleep in. Turn off all media devices and prepare for sleep like it's an event to enjoy. Because once again... <laughs> Bedrooms and our beds, our workspaces. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing where it's all, uh, everything runs together when you're at home all of the time. Mm-hmm. So my yeah. routine's way off. I don't know about yeah. you guys, but. I was just having a conversation with somebody about creativity. They asked me if I was being creative during the quarantine and I said, oh man, it's, it's been crazy. And I'm, I'm talking to someone who is a, fantastic artist and they said they haven't done anything creative during the quarantine 
And I said, well, it's really not your fault that you haven't allowed creativity to flow because your mind has been in almost a survival mode. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. we've got to figure out how to start this new life that we're experiencing. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Bailey is very creative. So I look to her whenever she's like, oh, no, this is working for me. I've got all these projects going. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm watching something new on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody's got their way of coping. That's it's all. So it, it all, has to, all it's a Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's self-care for me. I know. I so, love the yeah. things that you're doing, too. So, I mean, another important thing um, to do is, like, to set alerts for five to 15-minute breaks during the workday. You know, get up and walk, put your feet up. Um, you know, do some deep breathing, some meditation, you know, hydrate yourself with a you know, glass of water or a cup of tea, you know, get moving in more ways than just, you know, plodding around your neighbor or around your block or in your yard. Um, Melanie, uh, tell us about what you're doing with your yoga class. Oh, I found a yoga class. I love it. It's, I used to, it's out of Fort Worth and I, uh, I've done it before and I love that place. And now it's online. So you can pretty much get online anywhere, which is amazing. You don't, you're not stuck to any particular, you know, local classes. Not that local is not wonderful, but you can try all kinds of new things right now. And mm-hmm. that's been helpful. However, I have to say moving into once we start transitioning back into normal, I'll have to pick more realistic times. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that for at, at our house, I have a uh, martial arts are a big part of my life, and being able to go back to my original school because they're all online as well. That's actually been great for, uh, social connection, being able to get back in touch with them and, and see them, and um, but. So it's been a great thing to come out of this, but then also, just like what you're saying, when we go back to, quote, normal, you know, transitioning back. Um, so you're kind of transitioning out and then also back, and um, there is a lot of upheaval. But at the same time, I think you can see it as very positive, um, being able to learn something new and having that time. It's just mm-hmm. making sure that you have that mind frame of, hey, we're going to try something new. It's going to be really fun, you know, instead of something else. Yeah, it was along the lines of what you were just saying is like new activities give you something to look uh, to anticipate or look forward to. Uh-huh. Anticipation lengthens the joy of the experience. Gosh, we so need some of that right now. I feel like we being stuck. Just don't you find yourself dreaming about vacation someday? <laughs> or I, mean, <laughs> I think you just sit here and think one day I will go this, <laughs> to this place or that place or back to the beach or, you know. Not now, but you know, you're just mm-hmm. makes you daydream about things we invented. Well, and I think well, absolutely for us, uh, we've had uh, four or five trips this you know kind of this summer, starting in March, canceled. Um, you know, and we're looking at uh, the final vacation we had scheduled was in the third week of July. We're waiting to hear from that. And then the next thing is an, a wedding in Charleston, October, and that's even still in question. So it's kind of like. You know, you, you've got to look for something other than what you thought was going to entertain you. You've mm-hmm. got something that you can do for yourself right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It'd be a good time for planning dates with your spouse, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody that's stuck, I mean, maybe you can actually get out and feel like a normal couple for 
a little bit. <laughs> Isn't that going to be one of our next episodes, Melanie, um, dealing with relationships during quarantine? Yeah, the after effects of quarantine. <laughs> I think that's a, that, that's an interesting topic all in its own. Elaine, uh, you're very quiet right now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about this whole relationship thing and, and Aaron, we should have a kitchen table and I have seen Aaron more in the last few months, which is a blessing and I love him and he's precious. Um, but what I continually remind him is I am an only child. Mm-hmm. I like to be quiet and alone. And Aaron's a very social person. And he loves to chatter, chatter, chatter. He's a chatty Kathy. And and so we're learning how uh within just in this house that you know, there's time for talking and there's time for not. You know, so I'm thinking about this whole go spend time with your spouse. I'm like, I do. And I'm I'm good, I'm full. <laughs> so it's um and I mean, it's a, it's a change. And again, that transition and figuring out you see new sides of people and learn things that you didn't know about them. Uh, so it's it's really interesting time period. I mean, you can't say it enough. That's so true. And like, that's exactly my thoughts is you are spending more time with someone more than ever, uh-huh. ever, ever. If you think about it, when you're a married couple and you go off on your honeymoon, that's a substantial amount of time with each other that it ends in like a week right (laughs) and and plus you're in a resort or somewhere fun and this is just different (laughs) yeah this has dishes and laundry and small children (laughs) a little different yes this is definitely a real life uh it's kind of a strange real life social experiment in just spending 24 hours a day seven days a week with people Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, people you love, but still. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we're talking about the social experience or social experiment. What I am, I am going to be interested to see in about 10 to 15 years is all of the um, dads that are home with their kids right now are learning that uh, nurturing role more. You know, so a lot of that is left to the moms. Even there are great dads everywhere. Mm-hmm. That, you know, might have issue with me, but, but kiddos usually if they fall off their bike, they want their mom, or if there's mm-hmm. something, they want their mom, if they wake up in the middle of the night, they want their mom. And now we've got dads hands on in a way that I don't know that we've ever had. And right. I'm going to change the relationship build of, of kids with their dads going forward. And I think that's going to be a great thing. So, um, I'll be checking on that in a few years. That's very interesting. And if you think about the way that's, that's kind of morphed over time anyway, mm-hmm. because I think about, um, like when my parents, you know, when I was growing up, my mom was definitely much more, you know, in tune with us kids and, um, what that would look like if we were kids in something like this, mm-hmm. how different that might be, you I know. Agree. Yeah, we initially started all of this and Aaron was here, you know, and Elizabeth would come up and say, hey, mom, can I get a so-and-so? And I, I just say, you can ask your daddy. And mm-hmm. first he looked up at me like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, But now he has incorporated into that. He's like, oh, and now she goes to him. And it's really nice to have that where 
you have that other person that they will go to and that they will get things from. And, and you are right that it changes that dynamic completely. Um, and now Elizabeth is, Hey, I want to tell daddy about my day. And I mean, it's, it is different. And I think it's a very positive thing. I do too, because we had, you know, for years, moms and dads, after the kids went to, I mean, you know, they went to bed, then, you know, the dads will say, well, you know what the kids do all day today, you know, that kind of, right. kind of, Catch up. I mean, because you know, a lot of or or the inf- the ever so infamous. What did you do all day? <laughs> <laughs> all in the phrasing there. Yeah, right. So after it gets the stew out of his yeah. forehead, yeah, we can talk about that. But uh, anyway, so yeah, all of those all of those are things I think that we're going to be needing to do as we start moving forward. As you know, setting the goals, uh, putting those goals into place, moving making a plan and finding something to look forward to that will help kind of get you over that hump of getting back out there. And once again, we're not rushing anybody. It's when you get ready to do it. Cause a lot of people have kind of been paralyzed with fear and, you know, insecurity and, um, this like, I'm going to wait till somebody tells me I have to. So mm-hmm. I know that I have that kind of a conversation with my mom a, a lot about, you know, what do we do? And, um, she takes care of my grandmother. And again, they're definitely both in that uh, high risk category. And so the fear is very real and it's a fear of the unknown and a fear of something that's real all at the same time. And uh, one thing that we've talked a lot about is that, um, for us in our life, we're very spiritual and believe that, you know, Jesus is always still on the throne and he's there and being able to have that reconnection because i mean we can't go to church right now but still being able to have that conversation with each other and remind each other and um have that as a a thing to oh yeah look back and call on and um pray about it's been also another thing for us it's been a stronghold to help yes and that's such a that's such a very important point i think um that definitely helps ground us Mm -hmm. helps keep us focused gives us hope and that's exactly what we need faith there's mm-hmm. a lot of hope in your faith um i'm, I'm thinking about the the yoga classes but that's a, churches are online now i think yeah. that's been a wonderful addition is that now there are so many uh groups organizations churches that are um com- going to be available online so we do have a lot more access to finding that spiritual to fill in that spiritual need that we all have you know i think uh i think it's just opened things up for sure speaking on that um new projects that are moving to an online form uh elaine you've you've got you guys have some critical projects coming up what's going on in your world over there um, well, what we're doing is we just did one project. It was kind of our experiment, our toe in the water to see how virtual events go. And uh, we had the movie Angst from Indie Films. That's about teen anxiety. We did that last week with a panel discussion. And Miss Christie was nice enough to come over and be part of that with us. And we thank, thank her for that. Um, and so after we kind of learned how that goes, we're looking at doing a few more upcoming, uh, looking at things more from the teen aspect as far as um, social media issues or bullying and trying to think about how that impacts um, as well mental health. So we'll be doing a few more of those type 
uh, virtual movie screening events as we go forward. Um, there's another one on suicide that I would really like to get as well. And just being able to get those out into the community so that, again, if you're if you're watching Netflix and having those movies, well, let's watch something that's actually educational. Let's let's do two things at one time um, and be able to start this conversation. Even watching a movie sometimes with a family, being able to then, hey, well, I identified with this person or I feel that way as well, or just being able to open those doors to have those communications about behavioral health issues um, that sometimes don't always come up or, or present themselves in a family situation where they can be easily talked about. So giving those opportunities as well, I think is another thing that we look forward to doing as we progress to the future and and trying to find the positive in all of this and finding a way that we're going to leverage it and use it for the benefit, uh, you know, as we move forward. Yeah, and I think that that's so important. I hate bringing up how great angst was since it's already gone. But whenever <laughs> we can I do mean, it again, we can totally do it again. <laughs> we might have to, even, you know, as a provider, you know, and I work with, with, you know, teens, kiddos, teens, and adults with anxiety, watching um, some of these people that were on in this film talk about what it looked like and felt like for them and how, you know, they were able to get on the road to recovery was just so moving and so powerful. It, it, may, it brings it in a whole other dimension of mm-hmm. what, what you put out there for us to utilize. And so I uh, definitely appreciate Elaine and Healthy Minds for being able to, to get those things together for us. That sounds pretty uh, powerful. Also, okay. something like that uh, makes us feel connected for, uh, once again, something that we've brought up is there's nothing like this entire experience to bring actual true awareness to the world about mental health because we have all experienced something whether it's fear, anxiety, uh, loneliness, depression, everyone has had an effect, an after effect from this. So we, we can no longer uh, accept a stigma. I mean, this is a part of our existence. I agree. Yeah. One of the most powerful, most powerful parts of that movie was uh, a young uh, boy. He was probably, I don't know, 8, 9, 10. He was a swimmer, and they had um, Michael Phelps come in and surprise him. And Michael Phelps talked about his own anxiety and depression and his own suicidal thinking during periods of his life. And this little boy just lit up, and you could just see him understanding that while you might be struggling with this, it didn't define you, and it didn't make it wasn't going to overpower your world. Right. And I think, yeah, to, yeah it, to me, that was my favorite part of the whole movie, just watching him light up. That was so special. I agree. And seeing that he's not alone, he's not different. You know, one of the things in that movie was that it's not brokenness, behavioral health issues. It's not a brokenness. It's a humanness. It's something that everybody struggles with and being able to know that you're not alone and that it's, common it's not uncommon it's common and being able to kind of lift the veil on that and talk about it i think really takes away some of that power and fear around it and really allows you to get out in the open and deal with it in a different and more positive way i agree i'm not sure who how many people saw it but if we can keep getting the word out and elaine is able to keep bringing these things it's going to definitely be a strong um, tool in what we're trying to um, present 
to the community and the Permian Basin and the world about mm-hmm. how it's not uncommon, it's common. Right. Well, and that tells me that, you know, it, maybe even we'll do something like once a year we'll show angst because I, I think that there'll always be an audience for it. I think there'll always be value in it. And and I would watch it again once a year. I mean, we always watch our favorite movies over and over again. And it is definitely one that I think is uh, very good. And you see something every time, you know, that you didn't see before you're reminded of. So that may be something that, you know, Christy, you inspired me that we may bring that back, you know, on an annual basis just to have that opportunity for the community to see it. That'd be great. That would be great. Well, keep us posted. Absolutely. And Christy, you'll have to come be part of the panel again too. Like you just remember, oh, you can put, you can pencil me in or ink me in. <laughs> there you go. So can you can you guys kind of briefly describe what you're talking about when you say the panel? Oh yeah, sure. Sorry. Um, the, the panel, we had, uh, different local experts. So we had Dr. Jane, Dr. Strobel, we had Christy, we had Mark Alexanders from Springboard, and then we also had, um, Charmaine. Uh, Charmaine from uh, Samaritan. There we go. It just went away from me. I was trying to be Samaritan. And uh, they were gracious enough to come out and discuss with us just some of the questions after the movie we had where people could type in questions to us who were watching it virtually so that we could address some of those. And some of them were about, um, like, parenting questions of how do I know the difference between what's just normal, you know, teenage behavior versus something that might be more serious and having, you know, all all of the experts talk about it. It was actually really interesting to me um, hearing all the different sides. And then um, we also discussed what the local resources were and how to get plugged in. And uh, so I thought it was a really great uh, panel discussion. That panel discussion we're actually going to be able to keep on our website um, since it was our content. And so we're working on getting that done right now um, to you'll be able to see it on our website more. And uh, as we do more panel discussions, we'll have them there again because it has some really interesting conversation around those common questions, I think. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that part of it. So that would be the, the panel. Chrissy, what do you think? You probably have another viewpoint too. No, no, no. I, th- I think it is great just because I think sometimes people think that the information is great. But when you can talk to someone who's local and it feels like, okay, you're here, you know what's going on here. I can access you if I need to. I think mm-hmm. it just gives a whole other um, level of trust and uh, openness mm-hmm. what we're trying to do. Yeah, because I hear so many people say, well, I can't get an appointment anywhere. There's nowhere where for me to go, and there's nothing this. And, of course, I'm like, well, have you not called Christy over at Centers? That's have right. you not called the camera? <laughs> um, it opens the door for that. Thing, yeah, that was one of the things we were able to do is, like, we were all able to say, you know, what our availability was. And I think without uh, – I'm pretty sure almost everybody could get an appointment within two weeks. Oh, Yeah. So I don't think that's, I mean, I think that's pretty standard anywhere you go. So, yeah, and we all do triage for emergencies. So I think that I, I, I felt better after hearing everyone. And what I also love is that we've had some of these people in the community a long time. They're known, you know, they're not going to just be here, you know, to make, try to, right. you know, yeah. Dr. Strobel's been here forever. Dr. Jane's been here a long time. I've been here forever. Um, Charmaine is here and at Samaritan. I'm not sure how long she's been here. And Mark Alexander's been here in some capacity for, I'm going to say, the last eight years or so. Right. Yeah, I think that's correct. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, I think it's just all good. 
That's really fantastic. Now, remember, if you need a little help during the transition back, it's uh, along the lines of, hey, it's it's okay to ask for help, and we have all of these fantastic resources. Please, if you have feelings of hopelessness, lost in it, lost. Lost interest in activities, increased anxiety and fatigue, or anything that just feels overwhelming, or even if not, if you just need some help, uh, someone to help you coach you through it, please give us a call. Uh, you can call or take a look at our website. And Elaine, can you give us your contact information, website, how to contact Healthy Minds? Oh, sure. Absolutely. You can go for the Healthy Minds website. We are www.midland. BHI.org. And on there, again, we're the kind of more the glue for everybody so we can help you connect into not only local resources and who's available as a potential provider, but also other online resources for education. So if you're a parent and you want to learn more about anxiety or autism or whatever the case may be within um, that developmental stages for your child, um, we have those. And then also for providers, uh, we have a section on there where we're talking about different CEs, and um, some are free, some are by <coughs> charge, excuse me. Um, but that it's also for everybody to be able to go to and find those resources that are specific to maybe your needs and be able to access. That's great. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for being here on our podcast. We hope to to have you back again and uh, well, absolutely. Well. Thank you for inviting me. I'm thrilled. Thank you. We hope to see you in the transition sometime. Or after yeah, the transition. Yeah. <laughs> someday. Someday we want to see you again, Elaine. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I tell Aaron all the time. I'm like, I didn't know it was going to be the last time I was going to see people. <laughs> like, yeah. I would have made it more meaningful. I know. Exactly. Yeah, we have that conversation a lot. It's like, oh, I feel like it's just I, I never knew that that was the last time we were going to talk for, like, months on end, you know. So um, but definitely looking forward to seeing you all. Definitely. Well, thank you. Well, thank you all. Have a great day. Center Solutions is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hennis. Content is provided by Melanie Size and Christy Edwards. Contact Centers for Children and Families at 432-570-1084 or the Recording Library 432-682-2731. Email Melanie with questions you want answered on the show at msize at centerstexas.org. That's M-S-A-I-Z at C-E-N-T-E-R-S-T-X dot O-R-G. Both nonprofits are on all social media platforms. See you next time.